your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. And yes, we're going to have to talk about it, even though we kind of don't want to. But, you know, I kind of don't mind talking about losses every once in a while because they kind of build character. And That's right. God, and God, I hope this one does for the Avalanche. But uh, we'll get to all of it. The 5-1 loss to the Boston Bruins. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions to locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show on our YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Hit subscribe and get notified whenever a new show goes live. So, Mr. Sullivan, uh, what to make of this? Other than just, you know, it, it, it was a beatdown. And that's going to happen from time to time during the season, no matter, you know, your, your best teams. It's going to happen to them like like it did to the Avalanche. Uh, but should you be OK with that? Should you just be, be just say like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen from time to time for the Avalanche? Like, yeah, I get that. But that doesn't mean I just have to sit there and be OK with the Avalanche losing the way that they did Mm -hmm. this this game we talked about it when it came to the game against buffalo you can't win games that way like it was such a terrible effort from the defense like they yes they beat buffalo and the scoreboard tells a different story but that game was just ugly beginning to end this boston game another instance of a team knowing that we are number one in the league and coming out and trying to prove themselves and not having a punch back. This felt eerily right. similar to the Vegas series last year where they get punched in the mouth and they just kind of like take it and they don't have anything to give back. And it's a good thing we're learning this lesson now with 30 something games left, but you would like to see a little bit more of a response. Th- that's exactly it. And I think you were expecting it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the first period was not, you know, it wasn't the best. You got outshot, I think like 20 to nine or something yeah. like that. I could look up the def- the, the definite shots on goal. <clears throat> not that it matters. You got outshot by a lot. Yeah. Okay. That happens in the past. That's going to happen. Uh, but you're so accustomed to this avalanche team making adjustments and turning things around Mm -hmm. and at some point kind of taking control of the game. And you thought after the McKinnon goal on the power play that cut it to two to one, you thought like, okay, that's what, that's what they needed. Just get on the board. And maybe that just cracks the dam and then, and then they're off and running. And they did look good for a couple shifts right after his goal. They had Mm -hmm. another opportunity immediately, but then, you know, a minute or so later, I think it was Pasternak who who got a goal to make it three to one, and that just deflates you. Yeah, and then they get another one like thirty seconds after that, or something like, and and then you're down four to one, and you're like, all right, just just don't got it tonight. But they didn't have it at all. That's the surprising part to me is that they 
Boston dominated that game for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that is not an avalanche game. They they usually can take can take control back at some points, impose their will, and be the better team that they are. And it just was not happening. I give a lot of credit to Boston, but I I I can't give any credit to the Avalanche for not turning it on when they needed to. And the the big difference with our first game where we came back from behind to beat Boston and this game and our come behind wins that we've already established so far this season, when the Avalanche are trying to come from behind and get out of this hole that they dug for themselves, they are really good at relying on their teammates and their passing and making good, clean passes and opening up really good shots. Against Boston yesterday, when they were getting punched in the mouth, everyone relied on that shot we've talked about before where as soon as they get the puck and they have a clean lane, they're firing. Like, Mm. Kale did it, Gabe did it, Nas did it. Like, there's not that extra pass, like, getting it down in the slot. Like, everybody starts putting it on their own talent and kind of loses sight on who they're playing with. And everybody feels like it's on them to win the game. And it's not a team effort. And it felt very individual instead of team. And Boston was the better team. Yeah, they could not get anything in front of the net. Everything they tried to do to get in front of the net was just getting broken up by Boston defenders. Uh, And on top of that, it, it was just one of those games where it seemed like everything was going Boston's way. Yeah. Like, all of nothing was skipping over their sticks. Everything was skipping over the Avs sticks. Yeah, the Avs passes were just a millimeter off. Boston was on point with every single pass. Yeah, and and when when that's happening, um, it it just got it expanded to it, it's it's now a four to one goal or a score yeah. after the blink of an eye when you had cut it in half from two to one. It just was. There were so like how many times were the Avs trying to clear a puck, and they would get a pretty you know pretty good stick on a puck clearing, but it was right to a Boston defender that's sitting yep. sitting at the blue line. Yeah, I mean that happened over and over and over again. And for the Avalanche, when they're you know in in, uh, in a defensive zone or uh, Boston's in a defensive zone and they're clearing it, it's getting past the Avalanche yeah. defender to they would go out of the zone. Just everything opposite was happening for both these teams. And I'm not excusing the abs. Like, they got outplayed. Yeah. But n- they were not getting any any puck luck going their way for a- at all, pretty much at all this entire game. And you see a lot of head swivel, um, especially when Boston would come in the zone. Nobody knew where anybody was. You see a lot of head swivel. Oh, my God. It, like, it, trying yeah. to figure out who's got who. And I know he's coming in, but who's got him? And Sam Gerard just sliding just because he can. And that opened up a goal. Like there were a lot of just miscommunication. And I think the thing that really was the ugliest of all of it, everything that Darcy Kemper has done for you, you let them hang five on him without pulling him, especially after he bailed you out with a really good save at the end of one. And like, they just left him out there. They didn't even pull him off, especially after a rough game in Buffalo. Like, just left him out there. That really stung. I think if you're putting up a fight on the offensive end, um, and and the goalie is the the liability, 
you pull him. Yeah. But it wasn't Kemper last night. No. It, it was not him. No. It wouldn't have mattered. You, you, you take him out and bring in Fansos, the issues remain on defense. It's not like Kemper had just a, a bad day and wasn't seeing pucks. His defense did not help, help him whatsoever. No. And if you want to ask me, I think Kemper probably should have been the third star of the game. Probably. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. Because, it, I mean, it's, it's, it was just not on him at all. Um, the, how, oh, go ahead. I'm looking up. Let's see. 45 he, shots on goal. That's the second. Isn't that the second game in a row? How many shots on goal? No. How many? No, Buffalo didn't have that many, right? No, we they had. I think know. we had significantly more in that Buffalo. Game. Okay. Okay. But anyway, they, shots on goal. It, it, you're not going to win a lot of games when you have that many. Yeah. The, the Olay, Olay defense of getting out of the way and just letting Darcy get peppered. And there were so many of those goals and shots on goal that would hit off the boards. And Darcy is like on ninety degree angle of the post on the outside, and there's no Avalanche player there to like push him back or give him support. Like mm-hmm. Darcy had all the room in the world; nobody was there to help him all night long. No, no. Um, and when you're leaving guys just wide open, anybody that's bad. When you're leaving guys like David Pasternak wide open, you're doomed. You're absolutely doomed. That guy has a lethal shot, and you you have to know where he is all the time. And there was one one of his goals. You're watching uh, Miko Rantanen kind of trailing him. Yeah, and and I wish they would have shown the the replay to how he got in front of him to begin with, but he was just cruising along in front of him, and and here and Rantanen's just kind of trailing him and not really putting up much of an effort to get in front of him. I mean. The most casual hockey fan could tell you you need to get in front of Pasternak like he's going to hurt you, especially with the numbers he's got. And we did the same thing against Toronto with Austin Matthews. Like, it doesn't take a a hockey genius to figure out you need to put some extra pressure on Austin Matthews, and we let him make us like look like a fool. So guarding the stars is a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, But all right, we'll get to more of this game even though you probably don't want to hear it, but we're going <laughs> to. Uh, and later we'll get to, obviously we'll get to our sound check later and uh, some Jared Bednar comments that maybe make your ears stand up a little bit. Say, okay, maybe there are moves on the way. Uh, but we're going to hear from betonline.net and football obviously is all over with, but you still have basketball and of course our hockey in full steam mode for basketball. You got the pro and college hoops going on. I think the, I mean, we're, we're get about a month away from March Madness, which is Auburn is number three. There's your boys. They're still number three. <laughs> number uh, three. Uh, Michigan. Eh, maybe not really. <laughs> You might want to move away from them. Uh, from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach. Juwan Howard, maybe, I don't know, uh, is going to land. No, I think they just suspend him for the rest of the year. Uh, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news for this season. And it isn't just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for, of course, the NHL, boxing, and UFC. And you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and all of the action. Go to BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. So I kind of thought this game was just not going to bounce the way of the abs. I think it was Patrice Bergeron's goal. Uh, Let's see. His was the second goal of the game. So it was in the second period. 
and he was in front of the net and he threw a puck on on net and it didn't it, I think it bounced off the the post but not hard it wasn't like yep. a, a a ringer it was he didn't get a lot on it but it bounced directly back to him yeah <laughs> with players around him and I don't even think he was expecting it and he just looked down and there it was and then he roofed it yeah and you're like okay and like I said that was the second goal of the game and you're the like, essential game winner yeah yep you're right um and you were just like man if if that's happening this is gonna be a a tough game to overcome because it's just you know what i did um sometime in the third period i actually googled uh like worst worst uh ice in the nhl Mm. just to see if like for some reason boston's ice stinks I, i didn't think that it did but uh, just with all of the pucks bouncing all over the place on the abs, them losing their footing. Yeah, they were, they were blowing tires left and right. I'm like, is is it just because you know Boston plays in this all the time? They're used to this ice and it's terrible ice. It's not the case. Uh, most of the the worst ice in the NHL are obviously in the South, in like Florida and Arizona, which make all the sense in the world. Yeah, but I I just got to thinking like, man, there's something going on here. Is there like a hex? on the abs because they just can't stay upright right now. Everything about this game just didn't go the abs way. And when it's that lopsided, when the other plays, the other team is playing that much better than you, you don't stand a chance. Yeah. And they had the East coast boards going like you notice it in the Islander games, especially when they played in Brooklyn and the TD garden, those boards were juicy and they were bouncing everywhere. Yeah. And when you're getting outskilled and puck luck is on their side, it's, it feels like an onslaught. And yeah, and it was uh, McCarr, his, I think it was his mistake that led to the first goal. He had a puck up against the, the boards on the side, side mm-hmm. of the boards. And he should have went behind the net. Just throw the puck. Nobody's yeah. behind the net. Just throw the puck behind the net. Get some relief. And he tried to throw it up ice. And the way that the Boston defender was coming at him was in that direction. And they were able to block it. It, He didn't get to clear it and one, two passes. And there's Bergeron for his easy first goal. Yeah. Again, you know, and that was, let me see. Yeah. That was towards the end of the first. So even though the abs were not playing particularly well, you, at that point you wanted to get out of the first zero, zero. Yeah. I mean, if you're lucky enough to get a garbage goal on your own, please feel free to do that. Um, but when that happened and you go down one, nothing, if you could go in zero, zero, make some adjustments, you gotta, you you know, you're come out feeling good because you didn't play well in the first, but you were able to keep it minimal in zero, zero. Yeah. And then that play kind to me, just, I don't know it. That was just a microcosm of the rest of the game after that. And it's like the same amount of mistakes and turnovers and bad passing that you saw against Buffalo. Um, when you see it against Boston, they make you pay for it. You can you can rebound from it against Buffalo. Boston looks for those opportunities and make you pay. EJ had a bad turnover. Kale had a t- bad turnover. Defensive turnovers, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Well, look what happened. I mean, after that goal, and there was only a couple minutes left after the Bergeron, the first goal, they 
that invigorated them for the remainder of the third. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it needed Kemper needed a brilliant save with seconds left to prevent a two to nothing yeah. uh, score in the in the first. So and, and then at the end of the game, it, the, the Avalanche got they, they drew a penalty and they had possession of the puck. So off the ice comes Kemper. And they're they're in they're almost I can't remember who had the puck, but they were like almost standing like right in front of him as he left the ice and an avalanche defender came on. So there's a delayed penalty. And okay, let's go on up ice. Now you have an extra man out there. And what did they do? They skated right into Boston defenders and the Boston gets possession of the puck and the play is dead and they go on a power play. They couldn't even do that right. Yeah. It was just once it once it started going south, it went south quick yeah it was it was it was ugly after a little while in the beginning you're like okay like they're not playing well but they can still turn this around they're still within range and then they get the two to one goal yeah yeah and you never had that you never had that feeling of like the avalanche are going to come back that they have the talent to do this and that they can you know they can pull this out with some miraculous miracle at the end like you never had that feeling because literally everything was going wrong and nothing they were doing was Improving, it was actually making things worse. Yeah, that, maybe I'm I'm like spoiled because the Avs are, are you know playing so well this year. But I, I just I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that you're going to have games like this. Yeah, I mean you shouldn't. You, yeah. you're that good of a team where you shouldn't get you shouldn't play like that. Losses are going to happen. I'm okay mm-hmm. with losses. You're going to lose games, but to not be on your game. And there's no glaring injuries right now, except nope. for Byram. But he has been out. He's been out for a while. So to play like this, I kind of just feel at this stage in the game is kind of inexcusable. Yeah. Again, I'm okay with a loss, but not like this. You shouldn't be getting blown out. I don't care if it's on, not on your home ice, and that and that it's on away ice. You got to play better than this. Like. Th- a loss like this, I think, is going to, in hindsight, not sit as well. Like the too many men on the ice loss that we had in January with Nashville. If you could kind of boil it down to that one call, like you could kind of say, "Yeah, that sucks," and move on. But this one, like, it's inexcusable. Yeah, it, it's inexcusable for everything that you've done and the talent that's on that team for you to go in and you you're not supposed to lose this game. Like Boston was actually surprised with what they got and they just kept building on it. So yeah. you, you open the door for that. And they didn't have Marsha. And this is his last uh, game, game suspension of the six game suspension. So, you, you know, that obviously benefits the abs, but it's like, they didn't even, they didn't need him. They clearly no. didn't need him last night. I don't know. Like right now, like th- this is a, uh, the Avalanche. this is like, you got to kick it into high gear right now. Yeah, you know, you, and I'm not saying the abs are coasting. I don't want to make it seem like that. And and yeah, it was a bad game, and and they are professionals, and they will be embarrassed by this. And I think they're playing Detroit next. Yes. So Detroit's probably not going to be happy that the abs played like this because it will get taken out on Detroit. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what the Avalanche will do. But they got to kick it into high gear because it, this season is is a long ways from over. And I'm not saying anything is in jeopardy. Like, you know, the the division is not in jeopardy. The President's Cup, you're obviously still leading for that. All of this stuff is still in your grasp and they will achieve. All, they're, they're pretty much guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah. But if you want to achieve what 
this team is set out to achieve. You can't have games like this. I'm sorry. No. You have to be better than this. And you can look in the rearview mirror and look at everyone else in the standings and see that gap close a little bit. Yes, and that's understandable. If you play like this, it's going to happen, and your place at the top of the league gets shaken up. But with that trade deadline that's looming, mm. if you don't want any of your buddies to be shipped out and somebody new come in and say, hey, that's not how we do things. I have a ring. I've seen this. Then step up and play because uh, you're making it so easy to pluck and pick out who's not contributing. I think it's a little too late for that. I think moves are <laughs> happening behind the scenes as we speak. Let's get to our sound check, and then we will talk the Nathan McKinnon hack on the ref, which yeah. is getting completely blown out of proportion. And we will get to uh, a, a comment or two from Jared Bednar, which kind of just referenced what I was just saying before the break of uh, guys are probably on the move. Mm -hmm. But let's uh, get our sound check for the day. And this is uh, these are these songs that we pick that kind of best summarize the action. And, and although losses suck and you don't want to loss, sometimes the the songs that we pick for the losses are a little bit more fun because we can mm. we can we can channel our anger through song. So yeah. what do you got, sir? This song, if you if you listen to our playlist that we go over on Spotify and it comes up, you will remember this game because of this song. This song is from a Washington, D.C. indie punk band that they're now defunct. They've gone the way of the Buffalo. But the Ice of Boston from the band called Dismemberment Plan. I got to say, man, like I never heard of these guys. And the just the name of the band, I was expecting like some some black metal, some like death metal. Oh, no. Oh, no. no, 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 no. They're good, dude. They're they, really good. They are like what you expect from like the late 90s mm -hmm. one hit wonder era of like really good songs. Like where did the, where did these bands come from? But that's like all, I don't even know if this was a hit, well, hit for them, but it's good. It's really good. It's almost like that spoken word. Yes. Uh, like uh, what, what was the what was the one? What's the one band I'm trying to think of right now? They're uh, like dismemberment gang type. Of oh play. yeah, yeah. That, you know? My boys, but like <laughs> dismemberment plan. Their first album was just an exclamation mark. That was the title of the album. Brilliant. I so, so what is it called? The the Ice of Boston is what it is. The Ice of Boston from yeah. Dismemberment Plan, which I again I looked up on Google, and the Ice of Boston is okay. It, it, it's, it's okay. It, yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's not. To, it's not at fault. Uh, for me, uh, I went with uh one of my favorite bands incubus mm. and and they have a song on the album uh which is called eight like the number eight which is mm -hmm. their eighth album and the name of the song is no fun hey literally what this what this <laughs> game was it was uh it was no fun at all it wasn't fun to watch and not just because it was a loss it was it was a stinker yeah i mean yeah I, if they had a song called stinker i would have went with that but um <laughs> Yeah, I went Incubus. That's a Primus song. Uh, Primus has a a a song or a, an album called "They Can't All Be Zingers." Yeah, and if we were going from albums, I probably would have went with that because uh, they can't all be winners and they can't all be zingers. So yep. uh, I'm going no fun from Incubus. <laughs> so uh, yeah, definitely follow that playlist. I will add those songs to the playlist uh, 
momentarily. Um, all right, let's get to the swipe from Nathan McKinnon. Uh, it was after it was on a face off, and he kind of got his. It seemed like he got his head pushed down a little bit, and he wasn't too happy about it. He lost his stick in the process, and he took a swipe. Who was the player? Who did it say? Who the Boston player was? I, I couldn't remember. And the the Boston player was kind of skating away from him as McKinnon takes a swipe at him, and because he's skating away, he missed the player and made contact with the ref. A lot of people want to just blow this up and say, like, he took a swipe at the ref. Like, he was mad at the ref for not calling anything. You can look at Nathan McKinnon's angle of his head. He's looking at Mm -hmm. whoever the Boston player is that he's taking a swipe at while the ref is off to his left. You could tell he he was clearly going after him. He wasn't happy with the player. Nathan McKinnon is not that dumb to deliberately take a swing with his stick to a ref. Let's get real here. That was uh it was dumb, but it wasn't deliberate or intentional whatsoever. Yeah, and you will see the loudest people that are talking about this are not affiliated with the Avs or the Avs fan base. That's true. Yeah. It's those are the ones that are barking the loudest and that should tell you something because they want the 20 game suspension that rides with something that like this which will yeah easily vault some teams into that into where we're sitting if Nathan yeah. McKinnon is not part of the team. No. I and I did see on somebody's account I wish I kept it up but um they've already been saying that nothing's going to come of this. So um I, and I don't think anything should. I, I mean if you want to find the guy for making contact with a ref, sometimes it's like an automatic fine in some sports. <laughs> if you want to do that, then then feel free, but it it wasn't like he was going after a ref. You know, I, you've seen that before. You've seen that in beer yeah. leagues. You, yeah. If you want if you want to go see what going after a ref looks like, uh just go on Instagram and you can find any beer league uh, literally Instagram just had somebody lifetime banned. Really? Yeah, went over and just absolutely knocked a referee out and got a lifetime ban. Oh, is that when he was like kind of thrown? I don't know if he was throwing him out or he was maybe sent him yeah. to the box. I don't know which one. I saw that. Yeah. 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 That is attacking a ref. That is very, very clear what yeah. happened there. Yeah. So, um, but it'll, you're right though. It'll be interesting to see and kind of uh, entertaining to see the people not affiliated with the avalanche making comments on this much like they do with Nazem Kadri. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they say like, remember the one guy who the game got out of hand and the guy was saying like, oh, here comes, here comes a Nazem Kadri uh, idiotic penalty. And I was like, T- tell me you haven't watched avalanche games without telling me you've watched Avalanche." Yeah. Games. So, um, and, and Kadri could have went off the, the rail tonight yeah. because he was unhappy with some hits being thrown his way. Uh, Kale McCarr was getting into it a little bit. They, I mean, the game got out of hand. A lot of times when you see this, you do start seeing the team that's down start gooning it up. Abs really didn't do that. I don't no. think they're built that way. They're just going to chalk this up to like we stunk up the joint and, you know, we'll we'll take it out on the ice against Detroit. And that further speaks to Nathan McKinnon not intentionally doing it because they all have the long-term goal in mind and they know if they give in to the the extra after the whistle stuff, it could jeopardize you for the next couple of games, and that's going to hinder the team. So you got to play smart. So Nathan McKinnon would not risk twenty games. No, Goodness, he's not going to do it. Exactly. Um, 
Jared Bednar made a comment after the game about his bottom six. Um, he said other teams are playing four lines and we have to be able to put them together and make sure that we can play four lines. I find as a coach on some nights, I'm not getting that. We are in the, in the, in the trade portion of the season. And obviously we talked yesterday about Joe Sackick being at the Canadians Islanders game all these rumors swirling around about the avalanche being involved with uh, obviously Claude Giroux. He's not a depth player for them, but we've said, you know, that's not the only moves the Avs are going to make. They're going to make depth moves. In addition to if they make a bigger splash, like a Drew trade or something like that. Uh, and the way that the Avs bottom six has been playing, you, you think they, they might be making some of those depth moves. Like we, we, we thought, when we were talking yesterday, maybe like Cal Clutterbuck might be a thing. Mm-hmm. You're hearing Adrian Dater say yes, that is a guy that they were scouting. Um, I think they do want to make some moves on on the depth lines right now because I feel like they're just not happy with the production that they're getting from them. Honestly, lines three and four right now are just buying you two minutes of rest. Yeah, man, I agree. You get agree. no production. It's just buying you, and it's we're going back to just having one line. Like without Kadri contributing, like it's been hit or miss. Like I know he tallied one the other night, but that's cooling off. You're not getting anything out of Burkowski. Mm-mm. It's been a while for Val. So we're going back to it's just that top line. Mm, and you don't want that. And that's all we had against wanna... Boston was Nate. Yeah. Like you're finding ways to win, obviously. Uh, but you want you want to have some comfortable wins and mm-hmm. You know, they're they're hard to come by right now for the Avs. Like, you, we haven't had a blowout win in a while. Long time. It's been a little while. So. The first Seattle game, I think. Uh, the first Seattle game? Like, in Seattle? I think. Didn't been, we win that one, like, 7-3? to three? I mean, that was a blowout. Yeah. I mean, that during that that period, they, they were scoring, like, seven seven goals yeah. every every game. But, um, yeah, they, they I mean, they mixed the lines up. A little bit tonight, uh, you know, the, the honeymoon phase for guys like Logan O'Connor are mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. You know, he need he needs to start being noticed again and noticeable again. And it's just not happening. I think he put he switched up a lot tonight, kind of mixing and matching. I think he had Joe's new hook and Comfer on the third line. I like that. I like because new hook is, has been the best out of those three. And you put Justin Confer on the wings. Didn't really seem like too much materialized. Um, but that fourth line was Abe Kubel, Darren Helm, and Logan O'Connor. That line is doing zero. Yeah. Zero. It, you know, I I missed the ascending line of Abe Kubel, Jost, and Newhook. That line was really popping when they first formed them. The 16, 17, 18, the ascending yeah. line. Yeah, it was. It, I it was. really missed that line. That's and I think about that a lot. Like and, and and those guys have played together in, in, in spots, but they're just not getting that production anymore out of those guys. Nope. So what do the abs do? Just, just hammer down in, in practice and say, like, you know, this is what we need to do. Let's just, you know, we you've you've proven that you've can do you've done it before. Let's just get back to what works for us. Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like, no, we're not waiting around. We we gotta make some moves. I, I don't know, man. I think the abs are going in the route of making some depth moves and some people are going to be questioning like is that the smart thing to do because you're winning and do you want to go breaking up 
those those bottom bottom units right now, I say, man, the way that I playing, say yes, I'm with you, man. I think I think a couple moves to need to be made down there to kind of reinvigorate those lines going into the playoffs. I'm I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing I like insert name here because of this, and it's not scoring, it's not contributing. It's just he's a nice guy. Yeah. Well, not you know what I like Stanley Cups, and it's been a long, long time. So, yeah. I hear you. So, all right, let's uh, put this one in uh, you know in a savings deposit deposit <laughs> box and put it away. Throw away the key. It's done. Give it to Sharon Stone and Casino. She can have it. <laughs> um, Give it to Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, and he can bury it. All right. <laughs> um. And and you move on. So, yep. um, when the the next game is not until Wednesday, right? That's right. Okay, so uh, we'll see if if Abs with an off day, are some moves going to be made? Is the way that these depth lines playing going to force Joe Sackett to make a move now? Uh, doesn't wouldn't be surprised me if if something happens relatively soon. Yep. So if it happens, we will definitely be talking about it. But Arizona's then, bleeding trades right now. Yeah, they're just giving guys away. Yeah. Um, all right. We will keep an eye on it, obviously, and anything that's happening, we'll bring it up tomorrow. But for now, that's going to wrap it up. So thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Go check out Locked On NHL. Get caught up on things all around the league. Until next time, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We'll be okay. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. Go, Abs, go!